In today's Matthean version of the Palm Sunday story, there's lots going on in regards to fulfilled prophecy. And maybe in these days we could use some more fulfillment of prophecies in our lives. I'm not talking about the gloom and doom, see I told you so judgment prophecies, but I'm thinking of the words like Zechariah that we've just heard. For they were and are words promising of a better day. Look, your king is coming to you, humble, mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. In his moment in time, Zechariah, in 500 CE, was promising a renewal for the kingdom of the people of God, who had been in exile and were making their way back to the promised land. They were hoping to rebuild their temple and recreate and reestablish their central place of worship. And so the gospel writer Matthew, 550 years later, relocates this prophecy into the purview of his first century believers, pointing the way to a new realm and a new path for the kingdom of God that was here and now. And on Palm Sunday 2020, what does it mean for us 21st century believers, to hear this prophecy and find good news for these days and the days ahead. I invite you to live in the world of this scene. Imagine that we are in amongst that crowd. And I'd suggest that you take the role of the pauper versus the prince. It goes way better for you in this story if you take the role of the meek and the humble. So imagine we're on the outskirts of Jerusalem, and it's usually a city of about 40,000, but on festival weekends or Passover weekends, the population booms to 200,000. And so we're on a dusty road, caught up in a crowd of 2,000 revelers, worshipers, rabble-rousers, bandwagon-jumping, frenzied fans. Some cry out, look, it's Jesus. Sons and daughters of Yahweh, your king is coming to you, humble, mounted on a donkey. And so we see Jesus on a donkey. He's not adorned like a king, but he's focused. He's determined. He's wearing modest clothing. The bottoms of his feet bounce along the stones and the debris of the dusty path. Some in the crowd want to spruce up the way for him. They spread garments on the ground, adding an air of royal honor to this spontaneously growing, expanding parade. Others cut branches from the trees. They lay them on the road. Still others wave these branches They're trying to whip up the crowd, feeding the fanfare, pushing for more energy in the procession. And then softly at first, but then it grows louder. Hosanna, 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 Hosanna. We thought this was the new Moses, but yet or better yet, it's the new David. King David slayed his tens of thousands in his glory days. What could this mean for our Jesus? Hosanna. Hosanna. 
Our days of despair are done. Our king will overthrow the empire. Hosanna. Hosanna. The son of David. Hosanna. To the revolution. Hosanna. To the conquering of our enemies. Hosanna. The crowd has tripled as the procession leads into the heart of the city. People are enthusiastic. The Savior has come. But some think they are crazed. A revolt by the peasants? No way, no way, no way. Get the Roman garrison. Calm down this crowd. And then the repeating question, mostly from the religious leaders and the city council administrators. Who is this? The crowd continues to shout, and they answer, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth, from the Judean hillside of Galilee. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. 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 Say it from your households. Hosanna. People in the house. Hosanna. Hosanna. Hosanna! Fury, wonder, amazement, confusion, confoundment, anticipation, praise, worship, honor, all rolled up into one big wild parade. But now I want us to imagine that the parade moves on and we stay on that dusty road for a while. And I want us to ponder a few questions, a couple of questions. Where are we in all of this? On Palm Sunday, are we the kind of people, the kind of church that would be caught up in the drama of this kind of palm parade? It's a pretty exciting parade. It looks like the believers are going to win. And I'm the kind of guy who wants to be on the winning team, and that's not abnormal, is it? I've had glimpses of glory over the years. I was thinking about that this past week. Little league baseball teams, high school volleyball, floor hockey intramurals. It's pretty great when you win. And many years ago, I tried to do that with my Christian faith. I remember in the late 80s when I was part of a Christian club at the University of Lethbridge, we were really hype on winning. We were going to win the university from their wayward, godless peril. And I was the guy on the leadership committee arranging campus debates where we would bring in a Christian professor and then we'd set up this debate against someone like the philosophy professor because we all know how depraved those philosophy professors are and it'd be like a prize fight in Vegas oh yeah go get him go get him you can do it oh yeah that was a doozy you really showed him you really showed him you really got him didn't you he was getting nowhere fast stuck in his tracks okay but I'm not there anymore all right And I feel like that evolution has been good for me because that was just a faith journey that wasn't sustainable and it wasn't realistic. And as I've learned more about the heart of God, the way of Jesus in the world, it's more about the lowly, 
the way of the lowly versus the high and lofty. It's a way of peace and nonviolence versus power and privilege. So when I think about where are we, I'm grateful when I think about our church and our place in this world. We're not a go get em Jesus. But on Palm Sunday, I still think we ought to shout Hosanna. Because Hosanna in its most basic form simply means save us. And surely that's a good cry for the people of God of every generation. Recognizing that we can't save ourselves. And sometimes we need to be saved from ourselves. So we cry out, Hosanna. So my other question for us on the dusty road today is what do we need to be saved from? In April of 2020, it seems pretty obvious that we lean towards this need to be saved from the coronavirus. And I don't want to get too high on that soapbox today, but it's not just us Christians in regards to the coronavirus. It's all of us working to save ourselves and one another. And that's an incredible thing, that this virus has so radically leveled the playing field for all seven billion of us on this planet. And we have found, many of us have found that we are, and we need to be, in this together. And one of the hopeful glimpses for many of us is how we're seeing walls torn down between us versus them. And hopefully it's given us a renewed vision of this idea that we are one humanity, one world, one global population, people striving to make it through, realizing that we all matter, we are all needing each other to make it through. And that's made us pretty humble as a world, as a human race. And it's out of that humble place that I encourage us to ask again, what do we need to be saved from? As a seven billion people group on planet Earth, we need to be saved from greed and corruption, oppression, injustice, cycles of destruction and hatred. And for us as a billion Christians worldwide, what do we need to be saved from? Many of the same things. But I might also add that we need to be saved from divisions, factions, judgments, and power games. The exclusion that we do, often veiled in the name of words like authority or biblical mandates or religious hierarchy. And as a local church, we need to be saved from pride, from independence, from idolatry, from indifference. And maybe even in your smaller world today, amongst friends or families or neighbors, we need to be saved from our petty squabbles, our stubbornness, the ways we withhold forgiveness or harbor resentments. Hosanna, Lord, save us. I want to offer you 30 seconds to simply reflect and maybe prayerfully ask, O Lord, what do I 
What do we need to be saved from in these days? The good news for us as we live out of this story today and in this week is that we can cry out with this crowd, Hosanna, Hosanna, Jesus, save us. We can't do it on our own. Save us. We beseech you. Save us, O Lord. You are our God. We give you thanks because your steadfast love endures forever. We thank you for you answer us. You have become our salvation. And so as we enter into Holy Week, may we see Jesus, the one who comes to us on a donkey. He comes to us in that lowly way, not with the weapons of the world, but with the weapons of love, patience, suffering, and peace. So let's follow his lead in these days and let us welcome our humble servant king. And may we find in him all we need for our salvation.